there's this story about this guy. Let's call him Greek. Why not? <laughs> but, you know, who... No, I think it's a Chinese... Anyway, it's something wise from around the world. And they were talking about, you know, you might have heard it, um, going to... Right. Going to chop down a forest. Um, oh, it's Abram Lincoln. <laughs> Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and together with my co-host Lindsay Williams, I will take you through a wonderful show today. We are talking about how to learn several languages at the same time. And this episode, once again, is sponsored by Speechling. So let me take a second to tell you about them and give thanks to Speechling for supporting the Fluent Show, no longer the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Okay, let's talk about Speechling. This app has been making waves. I released a review of it that you can find on the blog at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash blog in a lot of detail. And I tried Speechling out in three different languages. I practiced Chinese with it, which is a language I don't know at all. I practiced Russian, where I'm sort of a confident beginning dilettante. <laughs> and then I practiced French, which is a language I am fluent in. And in each language, I learned something else. I benefited from the tutor feedback and it was so much fun to play around with it. I really felt like if I use this every day in the languages I'm learning, I will be making progress quite quickly. So I'm quite impressed by Speechling. You can check them out as well for yourselves at speechling.com. And if you ever want to upgrade, use the code FLUENT and I will give you 10% off for life. And now it's time to get into the conversation with Lindsay. So listen in and find out more about how you can learn more than one language at the same time. Hey, Lindsay Williams. Hello. Can you hear me over there on the other side of the world? I can, just about. <laughs> just about. How are you doing? How is South America? It's good. We've, we've just arrived in, in South America. It was We arrived in a very, I think different more expensive part of south america because we flew from panama city to the galapagos islands and mm -hmm. now we're in mainland ecuador and everything is half price and it's glorious <laughs> and the galapagos islands were part of your sort of bucket list right oh of course everyone's bucket list my bucket list's empty now that was it <laughs> <laughs> you can die happy yeah Well, no, there's one more item, right? There's Guarani in Paraguay. In Paraguay, yeah. So we're in Ecuador for a little bit, Peru, and then we go across to Paraguay um, for about a month, hopefully, and finally get to try out my Guarani that I've been learning. For a, well, how long have you been learning it I now? started in May last year, so it will be just shy of a year when we're there. About 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember you starting and I remember you giving a talk about Guarani mm. at the, at Langfest, which was in, yeah. in September. Yeah, and you were sort of into it. Cool. Well, I am still learning Welsh as always. And you know, I am, I have read, this is so cool. I've read my first book in Welsh. Your first what, sorry? My first book in Welsh. Oh, what, like all the way through book. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's it's right here, so <laughs> I'm going to show it you okay. because we've got the video on. Look at this. This is my first book in Welsh. Oh. Look how thin it is. <laughs> but it's a very colorful cover. It's called uh, Bioid Bloodwin Jones, mm. um, The Life of Bloodwin Jones. And as I started reading it, I keep chuckling because it's basically Bridget Jones's diary. Like, but she's, she's Bloodwin. She goes to Welsh class and she kind of fancies her tutor. So she just writes about like, oh, Cleo today said this and Cleo today said that. And she's a librarian. So it's like Cleo and his kid came around to the library wow. and he took some books out. And it is, it is, it's totally an easy reader for, for like beginners. Hmm. And is there like a series of this? If it's. I've just seen there's um Trichonic e Bloodwin Jones and Bloodwin Jones are Aderian Prin and the something birds and then Trichonic three offers for Bloodwin Jones oh, something like that so actually you're right there's a whole series and it's it does this thing that is so amazing which is it's written I can't even I, I have such admiration for uh, Bethan Guanas, that's the author of this book. And Bethan, this lady, she writes in a way that makes you feel as the learner, yeah. like you can totally read Welsh. Oh, nice. Like it makes me, I understand enough so that I don't have to look up more than maybe two words yeah. a page, even though it's clearly not like massively advanced, but it's it's a fun story and you can follow it. And she's she's an extremely good writer for for learners mm. so i'm really looking forward to the other books as well and yeah i'm i'm three quarters through that was my january january sort of little goal to finish half yeah and it's just really easy to read so bear with bloodwin jones if you happen to learn welsh um total recommendation it's really cool nice that's exciting yeah <laughs> uh if you do you think you'll ever read books in guarani do you think that's um, a thing that you can get uh, well a lot. I think a lot of the written stuff is in. Um, there's there's kind of two versions. You've got Avanye, which is like the traditional pure Guarani, and then you've got Jopara, which is like what most people speak and use. So that's primarily a spoken language. And then obviously with modern technology and stuff the way it is, there's like lots of social media and and you know YouTube content that is in Jopara primarily. So like the the Duolingo uh -huh. course that I've been doing is. Jopara, not the pure Guarani. I don't know if there's much literature, but I, who knows? It's hard to find outside of the country. So, but maybe when I get to Asuncion, I'll see, mm. see what's around. Yeah. But I've been, I've read a lot of, um, I think the Wikipedia for Guarani is like 3,000 pages or something. It's quite, it's quite big. So I have that open on my phone as like a tab on the browser. So I sometimes sit and read that and, and yeah, it's quite, it's kind of, it's quite a helpful little, little addition. Yeah. How much do you understand? A surprising amount, actually. A surprising amount. Cause there's a few, um, kind of keywords. You know, obviously I know a lot of the, the kind of mm -hmm. basic words. So you can pick those out, which is quite nice. So yeah, not too bad. That's yeah. amazing. Cool. Well, this is where we are with language learning. And I also wanted to celebrate today, first of all, 75th episode of the podcast. Boop. Party popper. Amazing. Amazing. And you've been part for part of over 30 of them, mm. I think. 30 or 35 of episodes. Just have got, I've got Lindsay's voice on. And 
to celebrate, I guess, I I wanted to announce and have you here to announce that the Creative Language Learning Podcast mm -hmm. is undergoing this big revamp. Bam, bam, bam. So, bam, bam, bam. So, if you are a listener, you just be aware we're going to have new name, new logo. There'll be a new title music. So, no more Christmas music. And you no longer have to say Creative Language Learning Podcast is really, really long, long <laughs> title. Because people have been telling me it's, it's long. And I hear you. I hear you guys. So, the time is right. And, um, I'm so excited to announce the new title. So do you want to hear it, Lindsay? Or you, you already know it. Okay. I'll, I'll pretend I don't for the purposes of entertainment. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Lindsay, do you want to hear the new title? OMG, hit me with it. It's going to be called The Fluent Show. Bum, bum, bum. Yay! So in your podcast feed, if you're a listener, you're going to see a separate separate audio file where there's an announcement so please do listen to it and make sure that you know all the changes we're going to make a slight change to the schedule there will be more of us or more of me anyway not less and make sure you check your feed and find us on twitter and there will be a new twitter handle as well so i'm going to put that in the show Exciting notes stuff now there is another thing that Lindsay, i wanted you to tell us about because you came up with the wonderful concept of galentine's day <laughs> I, When is Galentine's Day? What's happening on Galentine's Day this I don't know year? if I can... I know. You didn't invent it. I mean, I know about it from Parks and Rec, so props to Leslie Nope for that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, on Galentine's Day, which is about... Let me look at my calendar. I think, what's that, 12 days from now, I think? Is that 12 right? days from now. No, 11 days from now, it's from when we're recording. It's pretty much the day after There this show There we go, the day after out. you're listening to this, on the first day it's released. Tomorrow. <laughs> the 13th of February is what I'm aiming for. Um, you will be able to get your tickets for Women in Language, which I think we're both really excited about, as well as Shannon, who is the third co-host on this. And this was an idea, I mean, I remember I came to you initially with this idea of like, Kirsten, I've got this idea. <laughs> And it's basically to highlight that, you know, there are women doing stuff with language and they're not always that visible. And so, you know, it felt mm. like a really good time to just emphasize that and to kind of share that. And really, it's it's all about, sorry, Kirsten, I'm just opening the tagline so I can fl flow seamlessly into the tagline. It's all about a um, an event to champion, celebrate and amplify the voices of women in language. And so this is a unique online event. You get your tickets tomorrow, Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day! And, um, and it's going to be over four days from the 8th of March to the 11th of March, which is actually inter International Women's Day on the 8th of March. And did you, where was it you found that it's Mother's Day? Was that in the UK? On the 11th? Yeah, yes, British that was Mother's a fluke. Day. We didn't plan that one. So it works very well. <laughs> But you're going to hear from so many just amazing, inspiring women that are doing stuff with language. And we've got four different things we're going to be working with. Um, beginning, mastering, um, you know, beginning languages, mastering languages. So, you know, taking things a lot further, working with languages and also living with language as well. So, you know, different areas of your life, mm -hmm. different areas of, of your ability, wherever you're at, there's going to be something there for you, something really um, inspiring that you can enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah, we're organizing our first online conference. And I remember when Lindsay came to me with this sort of idea Um, and I had, I was literally like, oh my God, 
I have had the same idea. It's been in my mind for so, mm. so long. Let's do it. Um, so, guys, the, the way you can get tickets is just go to womeninlanguage.com. And we're also going to, you know, ask, of course, put this in the show notes. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a separate announcement. But it's exactly like Lindsay is saying. What we noticed over over the last years is that many of our most respected bloggers and speakers are more um they tend to be slightly more male slightly but more male know, really amazing women <laughs> slightly more male or it, well there tends to be a slightly higher proportion <laughs> of male people um who sort of speak at conferences and kind of put themselves forward and there's this wonderful confidence and we know behind the scenes all these wonderful organizers teachers interpreters translators really people who are doing very interesting things who don't always speak out quite as much so we were trying to kind of drag them out of the woodwork for you and bring them out and sort of give these people a voice and just like Lindsay said champion amplify and celebrate the voices of women in language learning no matter if you are a female or a male or a non-binary or whatever person you can attend and i think you'll definitely get something out of it so we're not all we're not only going to talk about i don't know lady yeah. topics or you you know anything like that we are talking and these people are presenting amazing amazing themes i've got some you know i'm, I'm in charge of our schedule and i have such i'm so excited about it it's going to be so cool so i'll tell you a little bit more about some of the speeches in a separate announcement and please do go to womeninlanguage.com so you can find out what we have in store mm. for you. And big, big okay. props so to those Shannon are as well for being our third co-host on this. There's three of us. It's not just me and Kirsten. <laughs> no, there's, there's three of us. Shannon Kennedy from Eurolinguist, whose voice you may have heard on the podcast mm. as well. So I've got, I have her on regularly. And we're super excited to be bringing this on. This is the first time we're doing it. Women in Language, it's, it's coming to you. And as... And this is our first time yeah. announcing it. So we're both And as you say, excited. men are welcome too. There's, you know, this is not like a no men's zone. No, not at all. This is, this is just women, female yeah. speakers, but everyone is invited to, to come and attend. In fact, I would, I believe that we need men yeah, to absolutely. attend, you know, to, to really am amplify. The, the point is to amplify the voices. And I think we need men to kind of come and attend and mm. participate in this to really make it have even a marginal, a marginal impact on everybody's consciousness so do kind of come and check it out and you know don't be if you are male don't don't for a second feel that this is not for you this is for mm. you so those were our announcements kind of housekeeping notes the fluent show ah <laughs> this is our new show and women in language taking place from the 8th to the 11th of march and it's going to be an online conference for everyone who loves languages moving on swiftly and smoothly into the news and Lindsay you found this news mm. article so kick off and tell me a little bit about what happened at this little little mix gig that's a bit of a tongue so, twister um women uh, our, our woman I should say can't pronounce the difference between that word um <laughs> Sally Reynolds her name is in the UK her two daughters I think it was her daughter and a friend actually love big big little mix fans right she wanted to go to the concert mm -hmm. and little mix is are they popular i think the they UK? are i think they're now kind of branching out tweaking in they did a, a kind of reggaeton mm. collab so they're trying to like sneak into that oh. market post despacito i told you reggaeton despacito world everyone's trying to get in on it yeah so they are 
a British girl band yep. who won I don't know the if X they Factor won. or something. Did they like win? That. Maybe they won. They were they were from the X Factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so uh, this this woman who's deaf, her daughter and her friend wanted to go to the concert, so she said, "Yep, yeah, we'll go." For her and two deaf friends as well to go with the, with their daughters, and so uh, she she wanted to be able to enjoy the concert as much as her children, you know, and as a deaf person for a, for a musical concert, she wanted an interpreter. So she asked the organizers to provide a BSL, British Sign Language Interpreter for the, for the, for the concert. She was told that she could bring her own and was offered carer tickets. So, you know, they, they said no, basically. She asked multiple times and they said, no, we can't provide you with an interpreter, which wasn't really very fair. So she kind of took this, I think, to, to a small court and um and just before it was about to go to court they said right okay we'll we'll give you one so hours before the hearing was due to take place they get an interpreter in but they only paid for an interpreter for the little mix concert not for the support acts so she kind of you know she got a little bit of the experience but not the full thing and it's it's really interesting because, you know, and, and like I think, like she says in the article, like you wouldn't go to a film and expect to just see the final, you know, final half of the film. You'd want to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think mm-hmm. about this? I think I I completely agree. Well, this is this is interesting on so mm-hmm. many levels because as a as a language issue, it's imagine if the gig was in. It's not a language issue, right? It's an accessibility mm. issue. And this is kind of where where it's worth pointing out that a sign language serves almost a different purpose to most other human languages when it comes to bands and music, for example, and artistic expression. So you would not expect to go and see Little Mix play in Cardiff in mm. the capital of Wales and say, okay, um, I want lyrics sheet or like, um, like a... A cover in version Welsh. singer who's going to translate all this yeah, into yeah into Welsh for me because yeah. it's an official language. However, this is not about mm. that, is it? This is about uh, I don't know. It's partly about going with your little mm. kids and not and you kind of as a mother feel responsible for them and you want to know what is being mm. said. On top of that, you might also want to enjoy the gig. And I do think carer tickets in this context are. It feels quite inappropriate mm. because you cannot imagine a sign language interpreter who needs a bit of space around her to move her arms so to just attend with the deaf person, right? She's not going to have oh, any I don't space know if for that's signing. What they meant. I, think, I think they meant like you can come to the concert for free and you, your daughters pay. So you pay for your daughter's tickets, but you come for free. As their carer, ah, I thought they because meant you can't. Your interpreter yeah, it's a gets little bit a free insulting. Ticket. It's like saying, you know, you can't enjoy the concert fully because you're deaf, but you can come in for free as as a carer. Yeah, ooh, ooh, not nice. Yeah, I thought they meant you can bring your own interpreter and we'll let them oh, in for okay. free. Oh, okay, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. And then the second aspect of that is that that really. The concert experience, I don't know. We, we can't tell, right? If somebody is, is deaf, to what extent their concert experience is, is mm. hampered by this. So for all intents and purposes, it is, it is right to provide the, to provide the interpreter. Mm. And especially if you are a promoter and there's a, 
they they cited legal you know like they cited a legal mm. a law <laughs> a legal rule a, legal a law it's called rule. they cited a law right so some equality yeah. act where they talked about this and I don't know, like, I, I don't know where exactly I would come out, come down on the side of it. I think if, if in doubt, she's, she's in mm. the right. And I feel like what, what I found interesting about it is that the company did say, oh, we, we do make, an, we, we do make adjustments for people with disabilities. We do make adjustments for people who cannot access the concert in the same way. But it sounded like, their view of disabilities was so much about physical, yeah. mobile yeah, yeah. issues that it just didn't cover this particular person. Yeah. That's interesting. You know what I really took mm. away from this, though? There's a company called Performance Interpreting. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love those videos that every now and then just kind of pop up sort of online of... Uh, you know someone interpreting a concert and it's it's fascinating to watch it's really almost sometimes more enjoyable than the performer themselves absolutely absolutely and this this article i'll put it in the show notes it's on the bbc i think everybody should be able to watch the video there's a video of this lady explaining her how she goes about interpreting music and how she you know how she represents the flow and the mood of the music in how she moves around as well mm. and that is i don't know it's beautiful i found it so entertaining and interesting and intriguing i was really really into it and that's really really cool just the fact that there is a company out there that provides interpreters for music and you would not get you would not be able to do this really translating it into any different languages like no one's going to do the take that gig in german or anything like that but but sign language, i don't know it, it adds a dimension that no other language yeah, can. It's, it's like amazing. It's, it's like almost like a venn diagram of you know, it's, it's some some qualities. I mean, it you know it has all the qualities of a spoken language like English, French, German. But then there's all these additional things mm -hmm. to think about, mm -hmm. isn't there? Like you know, you can you can access a concert and you can enjoy it if, even if you can't understand the language or the lyrics. You enjoy it on a more musical level, perhaps. But whereas if you can't hear the lyrics or the music, or you can all you can do is see them dancing up on stage you know then you are missing out so you you know having that interpreter it does it, it is essential you know so there is that difference and it's interesting mm -hmm. it's really interesting so yeah that's why i wanted to share that one yeah i found it i found it a fascinating mm. article and just to make us aware you know that what sign language does and what how much sign mm. language adds i thought it was awesome cool well before we move on into into in fact talking about more than one language because that's sort of today's big topic i want to draw everybody's attention to our sponsor for this week and that is speechling speechling so today's episode is brought to you with support from speechling and if you don't know what it is speeching is a website or an app that you can access on Android or on iOS. And it makes it easy for you to practice and improve your speaking skills. So this one's a speaking app. And they have a system where you can build your confidence, improve your accent by parroting. And their logo is a parrot, which I'm absolutely <sighs> in love with. It's, it's like on the nose. But, you know, you basically select what you want to talk about. There's like a little curriculum. You hear it spoken by a real person and you get feedback from a certified coach. And that feedback is 24-7. Wow, that's amazing. And there's six languages mm. out right now. 
Um, it's available on the web, like yes. you say, and the apps, both for iOS and Android. So it's it's just really convenient. It's a really convenient speaking class, whereas traditionally you'd have to go to a place or be somewhere at a certain time and ready to sit down and, and be there for a whole hour. You can just do this as and when, wherever you are for a couple of minutes or, or for an hour if you have an hour. So it's up to you. So to support the Creative Language Learner podcast, go to speechling.com where you can get feedback on your pronunciation immediately. And the nice thing is it's free forever for up to 35 feedback notes every month. Yeah, forever. Ooh. That's so cool. And 35, yeah. it, it adds up That's quite a bit. Over one a day. And they have isn't it? two. It is totally over one a day, but you know, once you start, you're going to want to do more. That's the thing that I'm, I keep finding. And one thing I really love is when you get your feedback note and you know, you, you hear your tutor drawing attention to parts where you didn't pronounce quite right or where your accent went a bit back to whatever your native language is or something. So you kind of want mm. to do it again. And I love that there's this real sort of cycle where you correct yourself. Have you tried it for Chinese? Because I saw they have two kinds of Chinese. They've got traditional and simplified. Yeah, I did, did try it for Chinese. I think I did the simplified one. Yeah, mm, Me too. <laughs> when I was trying it, I also I thought, okay, I'm going to do one where I really don't yeah. know anything. And I did simplified Chinese. And there's a Chinese guy who works with me. So then I went up to him and I was like, Jin Tian Nye Han, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> but he was like, okay, so today it's warm. And I'm like, oh my God, it works. <laughs> so if you want to get serious about speaking, try Speechlink's unlimited plan. If that 35 is not enough, there is an unlimited plan, which is quite reasonably priced, I think. Gives you unlimited languages and feedback sessions. This plan is available to listeners of this show right here, The Fluent Show or the Creative Language Journey podcast, doesn't matter which one, at a discount of 10%. And all you need to do is use the code FLUENT. So that's F-L-U-E-N-T, of course. And you find that at speechling.com. Try it for free and use FLUENT to get 10% off unlimited access. And like we said, six languages available. So Lindsay, can you imagine doing all of those six languages yeah. at yeah. once? Why not? <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the the polyglot dream almost, right? So we, if only we could, or can we, if only we could learn, I don't know, four or five languages at once. How amazing would that be? This feels like if you were in, on TV right now, you'd be about to look up and you'd get a little cloud, boom, 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 and it would go to a dreamscape. Just the way you were talking, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah, there's little like little Greek people playing the harp, yeah. and then I'll be like saying to them in Greek, "Hey, you got Despacito," and then they'll switch and play in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> While on the other side, Italian people are giving me gelato. This is very European centric. This whole image mm -hmm. here, um, <laughs> but it's also very multilingual. So. I have been contacted several times in the past and I had sort of looked around and I found an article that little Lindsay wrote as well. So I have actually drawn on the tips of today from a 2014 article on your blog and it's all about how to learn several languages all at once. So I've kind of pulled together a few ideas and there's so many. I think we just need to go straight in. So what is the first? I think the first idea will please you because this is all about being a master of okay. time. Mm -hmm. so how would you go about saving times what sort of ideas would you um, have for learning multiple languages to save time multiple languages yeah, at once I, th I think 
it's important. The first thing when you're thinking about time and multiple languages is to just accept that if you're studying more than one language at once, your progress will be slower. And so that's one way to save time just mm. by not having to worry about, oh my God, my progress, I'm not making enough progress. Ah, You know, if you're feeling that way, study yeah. one language right now and then maybe do another later if you want to as well. But I think that, mm. um, the, you know, the, the main thing there is really a schedule so that you're not faffing around thinking, okay, oh, I've got too much to do and you're not feeling that overwhelm. You know, if you've got something set in stone not not necessarily all the time but you know maybe like a few days or a week in advance then you can say okay today maybe you have one day a week where it's like french the next day you're on mm-hmm. spanish whatever right so you can do it that way or you can say okay i want to do half an hour i have one hour each day i'm going to do half an hour in french half an hour in spanish it's up to you so you know take mm-hmm. some time to decide what fits best for you if it's too much to go from like one language to another in a sort of a quick quick switch of like boom right next half an hour i'm doing this then don't worry go for a more solid thing and then the next day have a more solid Mm -hmm. time with the other language and you can just do little things each day to keep things ticking over so memorize or watch a video on youtube or something really simple um so yeah i think that's the most important thing to begin with I think that's a really, really smart idea. And you are so right about the idea of progress. And even this whole idea, this whole idea of saving time, it's not really saving time. I guess it's more managing mm. time better, just being, being time aware, because we can't really save time. And I also feel, you know, I, I'm looking at my notes saying save time. And now I'm thinking, save time for what? Because we have established many times that there's not really a goal, there's not really a, you know, like you're not really going to be finished at some point, but you sort of do want to think about, you do want to think about how you're using your time and how you're using it well. And I think Lindsay's right about scheduling. Like even I, I really don't love scheduling kind of, if I write down, I'll do something at one o'clock, I guarantee you, I'm not, I won't even want to do it that day. But I have played around with the idea of having a French Mm -hmm. first day, sort of just to keep, keep my French ticking over and something that we mentioned in the last show as well which was the idea of learning one language through another especially if you if one of them is more advanced so you could use textbooks that are published in a specific place so I imagine Lindsay where you are you'll find quite a few quite a few books that sort of teach you a different language through Spanish absolutely yeah and you can easily find them online now as well so you know you don't have to think oh I'm not in the place Unless you're learning Guarani, in which case you probably need to go there. <laughs> but, you know, there's things like Glossica, Speechling even, our sponsor for today, um, you know, where you can, where you can learn um, one language through another. So if you've, if it's a case of you've got one yeah. and you kind of want to just keep it ticking over or use it in some way rather than just drop it for another one, which is, you know, that's my biggest language learning flaw. Happy to admit that. Then, um, then you can do something like this. You know, you could learn. Like, I don't know, Chinese through French or Spanish through German, whatever, depending on what, whatever resource yeah. you find. Even Duolingo does yeah, it now, yeah. right? They have like courses in yeah. Esperanto for French speakers or whatever. My my Duolingo course for Guarani is in Spanish. So, yeah. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, my God. There's a Duolingo yes. course for Guarani. It's been a bit of a lifesaver. Oh. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. If I could do Welsh from French, well, it does feel like my brain would really really kick into gear i don't want to say break but it would certainly be like 
we're starting to crank it up you know like really it would really really kick it into gear um the next tip that i found was something that i actually saw in your blog article you know a little Lindsay from four years ago so cute and you've talked about using your environment sort of moving around your home and even switching your different kinds of resources yes I think this is really key I found this in the past when I think when I wrote that I was studying like four languages at one time and it was a bit crazy and I found that just being in a different place so I'd say okay I'm gonna sit on the bed this morning and do some French and then I'd get up go to the toilet, go have a drink, take a little break. And then I would go back to the living room and maybe do something there, you know, or I'd then in the afternoon, maybe go to a cafe and do another language there. So just kind of having things in different places. So I'd have as well. Another thing was I was driving a lot then when I was tutoring face to face. So I'd have like, um, Mm -hmm you know one language that I would listen to in the car for a week and so I just get familiar with that language in that environment but I think after a while you do need to then switch that back up so it's not just a case of okay I can only speak Korean when I'm in the car (laughs) you know so you (laughs) get it a bit more flexible but yeah it's it's a good way to just divide it you know every now and then just mess mess things up and, and sort of spin the dice around as it were yeah imagine imagine if you're sort of then you go to mm. Korea and and in Korea you find yourself completely incapable of speaking when except you're when yeah. you're in the car <laughs> who knows it could happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only speak Korean yeah. in taxis <laughs> And then one tip that I I would absolutely subscribe to and something that I would recommend as well to most people, like unless you really have a lot of time and a lot of support. So I have previously done three foreign languages in my full-time education and kind of really progressed in all of them. And I was like, I might have been doing English as my foreign language and really, you know, English interpreting and essay writing. And, you know, I did the full secretary Mm. training and then also French and then, you know, sort of analyzed the newspaper. And, you know, it was such a silly, the secretary course now just seems silly. You know, things like um, highlight the most important points, write a summary of this news mm. article. And so you can put it on your boss's desk. So he already knows what this newspaper wow. says. So it was, it was stuff like that, but in French. So good training, really good training. Um, and then I was doing Spanish at the same time. And I may have been doing sort of Latin a little bit, you know, continuing mm. in my spare time. And I always found that that was quite mm. manageable ha- because I was in full-time education. Like that was my job doing all of this. However, something I've never, attempted and I don't think it would be my bag and I think it isn't for most people is to start two at the same time Mm. especially if you're brand new you know when you're sort of sometimes on the internet you get this sort of I want to learn five languages and I can't choose between them should I just do them all at once but it's from people who've never learned a language before where I feel like you really yeah, you risk yourself a bit of a crash and burn yeah I mean I, I have done this in the past a couple of times um, not always out of choice. Mm-hmm. So when I started my degree, um, the first courses in French and Spanish were too easy. I'd just basically done that level of, of, of both those languages at A level. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do instead? Oh, I oh, know there's Italian and they've just opened up Chinese. So I started Italian Chinese at the same time, which looking back, it was a very different time and there wasn't as many resources, but I wish that I'd spent more time with Chinese because Italian was so much easier. I hardly had to do anything. And so with 
you know, with Chinese, mm. I just thought, oh, it's, I'm, I've learned French and Spanish. I'm now doing Italian. I just need to do the same thing for this totally different language. But that's not true. And so I, it was kind of like, it was weird. I spent less time with Italian, but was so much better at it by the end of the course because it was more familiar. Um, so, you know, if you start two at mm-hmm. the same time, think about that, I think is really important and think about what you've, what knowledge you've already got and how that's going to affect your choice of languages and, and how that's going to change things. Another example is when you, you were asking when I started learning Guarani, I started last May and I also started learning Slovak, getting ready for the polyglot gathering in Bratislava. Yeah, yeah. However, the difference here was I knew that Guarani was going to be much more long term and Slovak was going to be just for a month. So I knew that my priority was yep, always going to yep. be one over the other. And I think that's important to have established from the beginning. You know, so even if you're starting two languages that are completely new, if they're completely different and you have completely different aims, I think that's possible. Perhaps more so once you've studied at least one or two languages in the past and you kind of, you know, you know what works for you, you know your processes, you know how you're going to do it. So you're not having to worry about that at the same time. Your perspective is, is really showing me this this idea and um, this the impact and the power of goals mm. because when I feel like saying I will learn Slovak and Guarani and uh, and just thinking long term thinking about them both as like and then I will be fluent and then I will be speaking both of them and I'm going to be you know like all if everything will be great that that is yeah. so dangerous whereas what you were saying is like you know I just want to learn enough Slovak so I can do my little Slovak presentation and then I'm going to be done with it right so you had an mm. end point and you you had already defined good enough you had already defined kind of this is where I'm heading to and I think that is it brings it down again like Judith Meyer said in in a recent show you mm. know I did the bilingual interview for her and she talked about mini mini goals and it is that thing again mm. you know so maybe that's the way you could manage it Now, um, there was something, I don't know, I, I have always felt, because I've always thought long term, I guess, with all my languages, like I've never done the, I don't mm. dabble as much. I kind of, <laughs> I'm a long term relationship girl, really. <laughs> I'm in my third year of Welsh. Um, me and Welsh were like, you know, we're just getting to know each other. But <laughs> I feel that now, now I know Welsh well enough and I'm confident enough that I'm starting to sort of look around a little bit and some people I especially I found an article from Luca Lampariello mm. from from whatever his website is called polyglot dream I think <laughs> so exactly that topic um, and he talks about building a language core and I think he really just means that which is you kind of want to be past the levels where you are really past all the rewarding levels and then you kind of want to start You know, you don't want to be dating. You want to be going steady yeah. with a language and then moving on. And that would add it to your long-term kind of, you know, that goes beyond mm. dabbling. So I guess if you want one, if you want to really add them to your, I don't know, your bouquet of languages that you carry around, then, you, then you've got to kind of stick with one a little bit. Yeah, I think. And I don't know. You're now making me want to learn three yeah, at once. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird for me, this topic, because there's, there's so much conflicting advice out there. And so many people say, focus on one. You're never going to get good if you do mm-hmm. two 17 at the same time, right? But my whole <laughs> language learning life since I cared about language learning has been multiple languages. Not, and like I say, not out mm-hmm. of choice from the beginning. It's just because... I wanted to do Spanish. Yeah. To do Spanish at GCSE, they said at my school, you have to keep doing French. So I thought, okay, why not? So I just did it. And then 
it's just been mm-hmm. the way it's been all my language learning. So it's totally normal. And I just don't, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think about it in any other way. It's really hard. I've had a few periods where I've said, okay, I'm going to just focus on this one language. It's really hard for me to do that. It's really hard. And yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, now this month of February, my, my plan is to really go deep with, with Guarani. It's my last month. I really need to start speaking as, as much as I can with my tutor and stuff before we arrive in Paraguay. But still at the same time, I'm going to keep ticking over on Memorize with languages um, of, of Southeast Asia for when we get to there. Just because that's like the distraction. That's the procrastination for me of you know do you know what I mean Mm. so it's but but I know that my like you say my goals are totally different with them so it's okay it is so much about the purpose because my my purpose for learning Welsh is really like I want to get good I want to get as good as Gareth you know Gareth Popkins you know I want to get that good so I feel like I don't know I'm like a dog with a bone I don't want to let go which is um but not every language grabs me like that and that's totally fine you know if you're listening to this thinking but Mm. I really want to do this one language and I want to go deep and I want to be perfect do it do it you know there's there's no pressure to learn multiple languages at once it's like um it's so personal to you so you know so do Mm. kind of just remember that as well when you're deciding this yes and on the next tip, I wrote, because I sort of went with do's mm. or don'ts. And on the next tip, I wrote do or do. And I feel like now that we've talked about it, this starting two languages at the same time, it's like do or do, right? Do it or do it differently. Yeah. Like, to be honest, either one is a do. There's yeah. no don't here. And the same with this. Like, this is literally a, some people say this, some people say that, which mm. probably means nobody has the perfect answer, but they all have something interesting to add to this mm. debate. So, and this is the debate of if you're doing more than one language, whether you should, uh, like I have an opinion on this, but I don't know whether that, it's just how it worked for me, whether you should choose languages that are in the same family. So if you learn languages that are quite similar to each other, some people say, do it definitely because you're going to acquire them all through each other and it's going to make it easier. Other people say, no, choose two completely different languages. Ah, absolutely, completely different languages um, because you don't want to confuse them with each other. And my experience has been that I learned Italian, you know, while doing Mm. French and English, I did two years of Italian followed by three years of Latin in, in my school and then two years of Spanish. And now I understand both Italian and Spanish extremely mm. well, but I produce neither particularly well. Yeah. So then again, it's... But I'm super confident on anything Latin-based. Like, I was watching this Romanian documentary yeah. the other day, and after about half an hour of getting over the unique, like, the idiosyncrasies of Romanian, I started understanding mm. Romanian, and I was like, what? Because it's basically like Italian. I, I, so I cool. think this is it. Like, I think if you've got one that's really strong or, or two that's that are really strong in the same family, then learning others from the same family at the same time isn't going to be too much of a problem. The, the, the argument I think of, oh yeah, but you'll confuse the vocab, that happens regardless. There are some words in my brain <laughs> that are solid. So it used to always happen with me for, mm-hmm. um, with, with Spanish and French, so similar languages, but it could have been equally different languages, right? Where the word um, may for but just in my brain seems so much more logical as that word but than pero 
So I would be speaking Spanish, and then I would want to say the word me. And I don't know why. And and now it doesn't happen, but, you know, you'll go through phases with that. And it happens with different languages too. Like, um, like, you know, Mm, totally, it's totally possible that you can, you can get these connections of words that just feel solid and just stick. Even if it feels to me like I have a box in my brain where I just put, I don't know, like all the words live there. And now every time I try and speak Spanish, like I've I've complained about this at length to you, I think before is every time I try and speak Spanish, Welsh comes out. And they're not related. They're like, that's a Celtic language and a Romance language. They're nothing to do with each other. So you are right. I think it's just, I don't know. I, I think of it as, you know, very inexpertly as the neurological pathway in my brain. And they also sort of live on the same road. It's just language street in my head, you know, so I'm just picking up the different words. Yeah. I think as well, like, um, the idea of choosing the easiest language first. Yeah, it could work. Mm. But also I think you have to choose the language that interests you the most first. I think that's really key because if you think, oh, well, um, Esperanto, for example, if I learn Esperanto first, that's going to be really easy. And then I'll be able to access this group of languages, this group of languages and this group of languages a little bit easier. That's fine. But if you don't care about Esperanto, then it's probably not going to work as well as if what you really want to learn is Russian. Go straight to Russian. You know, and then and then yeah. use that as your solid like language core, if we want to use that terminology, right? Use that as like your language core of Russian that feeds in to then other Slavic languages, other languages that use Cyrillic, that you can sort of use your knowledge from that to, you know, learn bits of others. And and I think it's important to learn mm. the one that you want to be strongest in first, if possible. So, you know, mm-hmm. so then like, for example, if um, with, with romance languages, if you want Spanish to be the strongest out of all of those, start with Spanish and then you can learn, you know, French, Italian, Portuguese, Romanian, Latin, whatever else later, later down the line with the knowledge of, okay, Spanish is my real core romance language. The others, I'm okay in, I do all right, you know, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. pick one from each. That's how I feel about yeah. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Latin is my core romance language. How useless is that? You know, ATMs. Oh my god, do the ATM go? Do I they think talk they Latin? do. Yes. What? Yeah. I'm on my way. This sounds amazing. <laughs> but you know, like Latin was the one I I got deepest in in school because I spent the most time with it. I guess whereas Spanish and Italian were both mm. conversation add-on classes, much more on the schedule that I think most people is do realistically when you've got a job yeah. and all that stuff. The thing that they, I would put one caveat on the idea of doing what interests you the most. I agree with you very much, but. The only thing is, if you are a person who, if you're worried about your own language learning skill, if you are not convinced you can do Mm. this, if you're feeling, you know, like maybe it's your first foreign Mm. language and you're just Mm. feeling a bit daunted by the whole progress. I mean, if you're listening to the show, I don't know how you got here, but welcome. Uh, But the really feel, I really feel then it does make sense perhaps to go with the easier one first. And this is similar to how when I teach German and I have somebody who does seem very apprehensive and a bit worried about the whole thing, I spend a lot of time teaching German through English and making them comfortable Mm. with the differences and highlighting the links because I think you do want to build your confidence. And the book Becoming Fluent, the cognitive science book about language learning, talks about this and they call it self-efficacy 
So this is about your sense of how much you can actually do. And in order to learn any kind of language, I think you need to have a relatively high sense of yourself being able to learn a language. Because otherwise, no matter if you're learning Esperanto or Russian or Chinese, it's completely irrelevant. You're not going to get there because you're going to think you can't. Exactly. And I think there's a lot to be said for learning how to learn a language. Um, you know, and kind of just taking some time if you feel like you're really struggling with the whole thing or with a particular aspect to just look around and see what's out there and what help you can find, what tips and advice you can find and you can try for the learning how to learn. Because sometimes that's ignored and you just want to dive straight in. You want to be fluent in, in that language. And, you know, you just, you kind of feel like, okay, well, I've got the book. So it's going to happen now, <laughs> but not necessarily. Even if you go through the book religiously and you're really good with it, you know, you're probably going to need more activities and more input and output than the book alone will give you. So, you know, so just think about that as well. Mm. I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah. It's a little bit like buying the £2,000 camera mm. and thinking this is going to make yes, me a great photographer. Yes. Or, you know, like it's it's a little bit like buying all the gear without spending time and attention and like energy on learning all the gear you know and learn yeah and learning photography even learning composition and basic photography Mm. skills i have seen my fair share of people who spend a lot of money on a fancy camera but whose pictures don't look good because they haven't thought about how to compose them exactly and with language learning it's the same so if you you kind of want to there's a there's an image is it biblical or something Mm. that talks about it isn't biblical Mm. is it hercules i don't know there's this story about this guy let's call him greek why not (laughs) but you know who no i think it's a chinese anyway it's something wise from around the world and they were talking about you know you might have heard it um going to going to chop down a forest um oh it's abram lincoln um (laughs) And you want to <laughs> going to chop down a forest and you could spend like it it's really beneficial to spend like a day or two almost making sure your axe mm. is right making sure you've got you know like making sure you've got your technique right and stuff because otherwise you're going to just set off and hack yourself in the leg yeah. or whatever a- abram lincoln did not talk about hacking yourself in the leg but i think that's the, the exact word you're going to get used. tired <laughs> your axe is going to break <laughs> and and in language learning that I think I would liken that, just like you say, to learning how to learn and working on your own sort of sense of self, your own sense of what your life allows for, Mm. what's realistic and, you know, and what you're going to enjoy and what your goals are. Because you you can't feel great about reaching goals if you haven't set goals that you can actually reach. Mm. Mm. And... Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to come to my final okay. do, and this is a big do in my mind. So these are all do's now almost, and then that is do challenge your brain, or what I mean by that is relish challenging your brain, mm. because keeping several languages active in your brain at the same time it can have way better study results than than switching around, and says my <laughs> and I wrote down says Kirsten's highly anecdotal self analysis, <laughs> but I really feel that. Um, not only does it really make me feel like I'm using my brain in a way where I am challenging myself. If I am, say, at Langfest and I speak French and then I turn around and I speak German and then I turn around and I speak Spanish and then I turn around and I speak Welsh. But it also makes me feel more confident about my own learning mm. skills and it it keeps every language active. So none of them really falls all the way into yeah. the background. 
So if you want to live that multilingual life, you almost have to really be multilingual, even if you're not very good at it at the start. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really important. And and But then also, I think it's important to mention that the more languages that you do study, some are inevitably going to fall away because it then becomes impossible to keep 10, 12, 25 languages active as well as live a regular life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of yeah. then have to take a bit of pick and mix and decide which ones you want to you want to keep active at that time. Yeah. At which point you will start dreading the question, how oh, many languages do you speak? My least favorite I guarantee question. you that. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a quote from um, a Benny Lewis article again another old one so no one's discussed this recently Um, but Benny Lewis wrote on his blog at first he talks about speaking Italiano and Mm. Espanol he says at first I was kind of speaking Espanol I was just mixing everything together but when I forced myself to speak Spanish constantly every day while also doing the same for Italian with just different people Mm. I really felt like I was learning and improving and it meant that he learned how to compartmentalize each language in his head so Mm. he reports being able to actually keep them apart better because he was using them at the same time and I feel that that is that's that feels true to me I would agree with that and I like that idea about the sort of compartmentalizing (laughs) each one in your head I feel like that happens like you know how you're saying it's like a box of words I feel like there's a box of words that are like the pick and mix Mm -hmm. box of like these are the words like I was saying about me being the word for but it just sticks mm. it makes sense to me so those words go in one box and they're yeah. like my kind of i don't know the word what is oh, it's this one right <laughs> it's like those t-shirts you see where it's like, <laughs> when you ponce on two languages at the même temps you know those t-shirts <laughs> right it's a bit like that yeah but then each language itself then has its own little box where it is stored and, and the more i study that language the more it becomes a thicker box. They can and go the into their own box. put on the box and it gets wrapped in cling film and bubble <laughs> wrap, you know. Whereas if the, the less I've studied language, the box is still flapping open, probably a little bit weak. It's probably got some flaps that aren't very stable. Bit of a, bit of a tear down the side, a rat's been in the corner, right? You know, so the more, yeah. the more you do this, a yeah, there's a little hole where the rat's been in. So the more you do this, the stronger your box will get for each one and the more separate they become, I find. So yeah, it's a very Mm -hmm. interesting point. I really feel that if I was speaking more Spanish Mm. now, I would stop at some point saying Welsh words all the time when I try to say Spanish words because it brings Spanish more to the forefront of my mind. It's just, it's it's not, it, it, it doesn't maybe... It really feels like your brain will have to work harder, mm. but the benefits of it are are real. So you, this is just kind of to emphasize what you're doing when you're learning more than one language at the same time. Is It is a challenge. Mm. If you're up for the challenge, if you choose to do this, either method really of doing it, you know, whether you do two languages of the same family or not, or whether you start two that you don't know, or you do one that you already know or whatever, they, no, no matter which you go about it, I think either method is likely to succeed as long as you keep working and you think positive and you just keep going. And I, and I think the other thing is it gets easier the more you do. And if, and if that means you do multiple ones at once or one at once or whatever, that's fine. It gets easier the, the more you do. Definitely, definitely. And that's really, that's really where we come down on. So it gets, it gets easier the more, it's weird, isn't it? Like language learning is, it, it really is like 
I don't know, I like what they tell me about running. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets easier the more you do. And it certainly gets mentally easier. Mm -hmm. So your, your motivation gets better. And something that I often say to people where I would maybe like to end this episode on because it's something I keep iterating to myself and others is that you're not going to unlearn it you know whatever you've learned it's not you can't delete it from your brain actively by doing something mm. else you're not going to wreck your brain it's you're a very capable human being and you you're not going to break yourself absolutely awesome so those were our tips and i'm just going to wrap them all up for you again so don't rush Learning more languages at the same time does mean you're slowing down a little bit. Do manage your time well and think about what you can achieve in the time you have. Do use your environment. Do start to at the same time or don't start to at the same time. It's fine. Do choose languages from the same family or do choose languages from two different families. And again, that's fine. We can't really come up with any evidence for either way being particularly better or worse. There's not been, there's not been academic research into this either, as far as I'm aware. And do challenge your brain and relish the challenge. Those are really our tips for learning more than one language at the same time. I hope you enjoyed our show. And as a final message i've got quite a few shout outs so i want to give a shout out to our sponsor speechling where you can go ahead and really do two languages at the same time if you wish to do so give a shout out to you listeners and without you listening it would have been absolutely impossible to get to episode 75 and to switch to the fluent show so this is coming and i'm so excited and i'm going to unveil the logo today and unveil all of our new twitter site and stuff so do kind of give us a shout and please please leave us a review especially this week because the feed is getting renewed in itunes and i have heard that apparently that means you will be seen more if you have new reviews i don't know if it's true but i figured let's give it a go so if you could leave us a review especially today what you do is you go to the podcasts app podcasts on ios unfortunately this there is no review facility if you have an Android phone. It's very, very annoying. You go to the podcasts app. You select The Fluent Show. If you're listening to the show right now, it's going to be very, very easy. So you just tap on the show title, scroll down to where it says available episodes. No, sorry. Scroll, <laughs> scroll down to where it says, let me see, because this is not straightforward and I really don't commend Apple for what they have made here because it's very confusing. So you just scroll all the way down from creative language learning podcast slash fluent show. And then you will see stars that other people have left. In most countries now we've got reviews from I think eight countries. Thank you very much if you already reviewed us. When you see the stars, you just tap ideally on the five stars. And then there's a little button that says write a review and you can just write a review and the title of your review can just be fantastic show or I love Lindsay or I love Kirsten or whatever, whatever you want to say to us. And then just kind of put it in there. It takes five minutes. And I think three of them are just trying to find how to do this. Uh, if you've got more questions about this, do send me an email. And please remember to go to womeninlanguage.com. How excited are we about Yay. this, Lindsay? We're a bit nervous as I'm well, so aren't we? I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to... It's going to yeah. be super cool. Yeah. Mm, women in Language. And check out the logo. Lindsay made it and I can't even... It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> 
And with all that being said, as always, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it is adios or goodbye from Lindsay. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week. <laughs>